Welcome to HomeWise. We are Steve and Kara Murphy. We have been married for just over a quarter century. We're the parents of 11 and grandparents of four. I am a pastor full-time and part-time run a construction business with our older sons. My wife Kara is a uh, very long-term homeschool mom. Been doing that for almost a quarter century. And we live in the mountains of Virginia. And our desire with this podcast is to help parents, primarily moms, apply wisdom in everything having to do with the home. In today's HomeWise podcast, we want to talk about seeing your parenting faults, recognizing your own faults as a parent, but not beating yourself up over it. That's a good topic because it's a, it's an interesting topic and it's one that almost all parents deal with. And I would venture to guess, or you know, if we're going to gamble on it, that mothers struggle with it more than fathers do. Mm-hmm. I bet you a mom came up with that topic. Yeah. yeah. Or, or a mom was struggling and her husband recognized it and, right. and asked us to talk about it. Right. Right. So recognizing without beating yourself up. Well, the first thing I would say is I just recently read an article that was very good. And it was talking about how when we approach our kids, now this was particularly in the context of of their learning issues when they have learning challenges, but I think it applies to all life. And, And the summary was, what's past is past. We move on from here. Now, as a Christian, we have to recognize that what's past may need to be repented of. <laughs> we may need to stop and repent. Mm-hmm. But the spirit of that is really important because it's saying we can't change anything about what's gone on in the ba- in the past. We can we can ask forgiveness and repent and turn away from those things, but we can't change what's happened back there. But moving forward, we need to learn from it. And that's where recognizing your mistakes and failures as a parent, your your weaknesses, is really important. Yeah, I definitely see two aspects to this question. One is seeing your faults. Yeah. Which is important. Mm -hmm. Um, Not glossing them over, Mm -hmm. not rationalizing Mm -hmm. or ignoring or all the other uh, tactics that we employ to get away from our, our weakness or our sin. So seeing our faults is one. And the other is looking, just looking at them appropriately, seeing them appropriately, not, um, going on a guilt trip or shutting down. Well, that's probably my tendency. Shutting down. Yeah. I mean, you've lived with me long enough to know that. Yeah. You You get overwhelmed with it. You become so overwhelmed with it. You just stop. Just Shut down. Not to become too spiritual on this Christian podcast, but in my life, what I have found is that when I do shut down, when when I am overwhelmed with my own lack, it's really because I've stopped believing the gospel. Mm. No, not. I haven't walked away from the faith. Yeah. But I've forgotten and stopped remembering that the gospel is, I'm a dirty, wretched sinner who needs Christ. (laughs) That... Without God making me alive, I am not alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. I, 
I sort of start buying into the worldly philosophy of I'm okay. Mm -hmm. So when I see these ugly sins, these failures, these problems come up in my life, I act surprised that I am actually a sinner because I'm so used to being a nice person. (laughs) You know, come on now. I was always the best kid in the class, right? I was the best behaved and the best student. And, you know, I'm a good girl. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a, quote, good girl. And so when I don't, quote, act like a good girl, I beat myself up. Why am I not a girl? Oh, that's right. Because I am not really actually a good girl. Yeah. So pride. <laughs> yes. Pride. Yeah. Pride and, and forgetfulness mm-hmm. that in my heart rests every root of every sin there is. <laughs> well, there it is. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. And without the work of Christ in my life, I don't have anything good to give. Mm-hmm. So all that good stuff that I, you know, all that good girlness of me is actually God's work in me. But on the other side is a lot of us struggle to recognize our faults, our failures, our weaknesses as parents. Uh, I, I would say. Meaning we're blind to them? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I would say of that question I've dealt with. With moms, it's kind of equal. Even though moms are totally beating themselves up all the time, Mm -hmm. inappropriately, Mm -hmm. I think, if they believe the gospel, which they do. Or they're completely (laughs) blind to these, to me, very foundational mistakes. These foundational things that they're doing that are really wrecking their kids' lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we get honest feedback, loving, honest feedback, and that we take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But that also we, we repent and turn from what we've been doing. There is absolutely no place in a Christian's life for saying, well, that's just the way I am. No. That's cop out. Well, I mean, it reminds me, I mean, we sing, we used to sing that song all the time, just as I am. Uh-huh. And what that meant was, I come to you just as I am, yeah. but you're going to change me. Yeah. <laughs> this is not where I stay. Yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, obviously there are, there are differences among us, but there is nothing about me that isn't open to God's redemption, God's sanctification in my life. There isn't one part of my personality that God doesn't want to redeem and make godly. And... That, and show his glory in. That's right. Yeah. Right. Which does often, I didn't understand when I was a young mom, why doesn't God just do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, just go ahead. Go ahead, do it. Well, the reason was because then I would write the book on how I did it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how I changed myself to be oh, the person I wanted to be. that would be to everybody. Like, right, right. You know, God wanted to use my, my thoughtless words to teach me who I am in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the older kids and I say, God wanted to show me his abundant grace by not giving us what we deserved, but by lavishing his grace on us and our children and giving us above and beyond what we could even ask. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like scripture too. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. So I do think it's really important. If you're going to keep a good perspective on your sin, you have to live in community in church community and that community has to be one where you are actually connected with the people and you're honest with each other. 
mm-hmm. honest with yourself and with them and they with you. Um, without that, I think you're doomed, uh, to either live life blindly, uh, or in denial mm-hmm. and, uh, or according to cultural standards. Yep. Yep. That too. I think it'd be really, I think it'd be even easier now than it was when we were young parents to adopt the culture's standards of parenting mm-hmm. and make those, quote, biblical in our minds. That's a lot less work. Well, yeah. You just kind of relax and, well, let, and it all, it, let it all go. It, it would make sense because we've been, we've been brought up in this culture. Yeah. So it makes sense. So, you know, I, we shared a podcast a while ago about some podcast, pod, about, uh, some, uh, blog that I had read mm-hmm. that, you know, no expectation for first time obedience it was right. kind of the summary. Right. And I think we pretty well shared what our opinion of that nonsense is, yeah. but yeah. the way it was written, you know, I could see where young moms would be easily deceived. Mm-hmm. And buy into this mm-hmm. because it sounds nice. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, well, aren't Christians supposed to be nice? And this is a nice way to do things. And yet it is truly, I believe, death to your children. Yeah. Because it is the polar opposite of <coughs> what God teaches in his word <coughs> that mm-hmm. we should be expecting and teaching and training for in our children. And frankly, in ourselves toward God. Yeah. I think if you live in community, uh, you may have the benefit of godly friends who will tell you the truth. Um, just outright without you even asking, um, and do it in a loving way. Uh, but you would not many people are that brave though. <laughs> yeah, not many. There are some, but you also have the benefit of being able to go to someone and ask them, yes, Hey, is this something to be worried about? Uh, or can, you know, kind of give me your, your thoughts. Are we okay? Am I okay? This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, uh, and, I, and I need your feedback. Hopefully you're going to someone older and wiser. Yeah, absolutely. Not I necessarily mean, your friends. Peers, peers are fun and peers are, are good for, for fun, you know, but, but if you really want commiseration. Yeah, peers are good. that too. You're not so not fun. They're also good for that. Well, you know, I'm just thinking. <clears throat> I remember when lots of little ones, and you know, everybody you know is not oh. sleeping. Oh, you know. we just looked at each other, and we knew each other. We got each other's yes lives. You know, we didn't have to talk. We just saw it in our faces and yeah. commiserated. Yeah. Uh, but you need somebody who has risen above the fray and can look down and see things clearly. Yes. Or has gone through this already. Yes. And can look back and see things clearly. And you need to be humble enough to realize. They have that wisdom that you don't have. They, and and though you may not like what they say or agree with what they say, if they have proven by their life to to be godly people, they're probably right. Let me ask you this, though. Um, Sometimes when you're working with younger, I'm thinking from a, you know, you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so we have opportunity to speak into lives. Even before you were full-time as a pastor, you were an elder, and we were speaking into the lives of people. And, you know, I don't have a very typical female personality. Uh, If you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a real emotional person. Uh, I recent I watched some video about you know men versus women and I was like oh my goodness I'm more like a guy than a yeah girl. very objective yes yeah um and I miss out on things sometimes because I don't have that sensitivity mm-hmm. but also just view things a little differently 
And so as we're dealing with these younger families and they're working with their children, sometimes what I've gotten back from the young families is, well, I'm just not like you. I'm just not like you. And when do you know that it's a, this is our family and the way it works. And then this is more of a universal, like, like the first time obedience thing. Mm-hmm. I really believe, I mean, God gave us nine boys. So, so obviously he equipped me with a slight understanding of males <laughs> because, you know, vast majority of the people I interact with day in and day out are male. And I don't always do it great, but. I think I do a better job than uh, a mom who would be very emotional and sensitive and, mm-hmm. and you know, who would, who would cry a lot. And, you know, I, I have a toughness that comes from being raised with three brothers and lots of guys. And so, and, and most of the time, those fellas need toughness more than they need that, you know, sympathetic way. They need somebody who was going to hold the line, mm-hmm. who's not going to let them step over the line. <clears throat> and if you don't do that with these boys, um, you know, they are, they are ungoverned and ungovernable when they get older. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm kind of tough. And yet, you know, there are so many more, more tender women who would just be like, well, I'm just not like that. And I'm thinking, well, then your boys are going to have a lot of problems because if you aren't tough on them, if you aren't, and I'm not talking about harshness, but I am talking about real consistent, you know, sometimes my boys will tell me, you know, the story of reason why they can't do this. And I just look at them and say, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nope. just a bunch of, you know, what? No, quarter. no. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and sometimes I'll go, That's a ridiculous story. Or that's a very nice story, but get back in there and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, whereas I know a more compassionate woman would be more trying to understand their point of view. And, you know, I just, you know, but how do you know when you're getting these, when you're a young couple and you're getting this construction, constructive criticism, you know, um, how do you know when it's okay? That's counsel based on what works for that family. And then that's universal counsel, you know. So if we went to an older family and they said, well, what you need to do is you need to have a real structured home. And, you know, I mean, you need to, everybody needs to be up by six and you have to do, you know, I mean. And, um, so assume you're not, you're not talking about things that are already black and white in the text of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Ta- you're talking about. I'm talking about application of the scripture. You know, how do you know when it's, it's, yeah, that's a good thing. And then how do you know when? Yeah, I think as a young couple, you have to, if you can come into it with a teachability and a humility that gives you enough, that allows you enough time to consider what's been said to you and you don't just write it off immediately, Mm -hmm. you'll be in such a better place. If you're working together as husband and wife, so you get a balanced perspective. That's true. And I don't mean the wife talks to the husband and tells him what she thinks. (laughs) about what she heard or was told uh, or vice versa, but that you actually collaborate together on it. And and one is balancing the weakness of the other and vice versa. That's also helpful. Um, Also there's wisdom in many counselors. So if you're, if you're seeing, Oh yeah, I'm hearing the same kind of thing from two women now or, or two families uh, also look at the fruit of the people's lives that are telling you this. Um, uh, it's always amazed us 
people have wanted the fruit that we have, but not been willing to make the decisions we've made. Yeah. And that's not to say, hey, we made every good decision. No. And, and if you want perfect kids like ours. No. Okay. We're already, but that already falls apart. Right. So we don't have that. The perfect example for me, you know, just as a totally <laughs> long time ago, I was in a mom's group and one of the moms there was unwilling to quit her job. And she was asking counsel on how to discipline her children while she was on the phone working all day long. (laughs) And that was kind of my reaction. And at the time I said, you don't want to know, because she asked me specifically, you know, what would I do? And and we knew each other from the homeschool, you know, and I said, you don't want to know what I think of that. And she said, no, 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 I do. And I said, no. You don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, I said three times. I gave her three chances. No, no. I really want to know what you want to say. And then I said, okay. When we don't do things God's way, he doesn't always bless us. I said, you have no business being on the phone eight hours a day while your children are running wild. God has given you your children first. They're, the, they're your job right now. And you're not doing, you don't have the right priorities. Yeah. And until you get off the phone and you take care of your children, you're not going to see obedient children. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're living in a community. And then she didn't ever talk to me again. Because yeah. <laughs> I told her she didn't want to. <laughs> no surprise. No surprise. But there was a, you know, it wasn't what she wanted to hear. She wanted to hear 14 strategies for occupying her three kids. Yeah. She wanted the silver bullet so she could have what she wanted and what she thought she should have. And I will, and I will also, as an addendum, this woman was living in a gated community in a really, yeah, you know, so life this, choices. right. This was not, this was not this, uh, this is not a single mom who's struggling to make ends meet. This is a married woman who wants a boat and a membership at the, at the, uh, country club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to, you have to apply the scripture. You need wisdom to make application. And you get some of that as the Lord grows you through life. You get some of this just handed to you on a silver platter and you can do like that woman and just dump it and walk away or you can take it. Uh, it takes a lot of humility. And unfortunately, when we're young, we don't have a lot of that. Uh, when we, we need it most, we have we, the least. <laughs> yeah. As you get older, it grows um, and grows and grows until the day you die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is, that is a challenge. Uh, but I, I, I still think how important it is to be caught up in all in invested in a church community, a local church community and have those relationships develop, work hard at developing those relationships. If the, if you're a younger woman and the older women are, they seem aloof or disinterested, pursue them. Yeah. A lot of them are are standing back thinking those young people don't want to hear from me. Yeah. A lot of them are A lot of young people don't want to hear from them. That's true. That's true. Um and while yes the the onus may be on that older woman in Titus 2, they didn't have a lot of good models of that in their earlier life. No, they didn't. So they don't really know how to make this happen and then you may look like you have it all together and they may think you're doing great. I don't know how many times an older woman has said to me, 
Well, I didn't homeschool my kids. I didn't stay home with my kids. I didn't do what you're doing. I just don't feel like I have a lot to offer. Sure. And yet, in conversation, as you talk more and you talk more, they have a lot to offer. Oh, my. They have a lot to offer. And sometimes it's just encouragement for where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the wisdom of don't do what I did. Yeah. And then sometimes it's... You may, you know, she, you may not have had a large family. You may not have homeschooled. You may not have stayed home, but you still raise children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you still know, you still can call a spade a spade mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can still help and assist in, in discerning, for example, in a discerning what's a hard attitude and what's a, uh, I don't know what else to call them, but you know, basically, uh, just a training issue or, uh, or, you know, just a basic, logistic issue (laughs) versus no, that kid really needs a heart adjustment. You know, um, those, those older women do have a lot to give. Yeah. So if we're going, we're going at it with humility and seeking wisdom and asking God for wisdom. Yeah. Which takes us back to believing the gospel, which is, yes, we are, we're wretched and it's not that that's okay, but in Christ that's okay. Yeah. And we right. need to start today fresh. Because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's right. Hi, this is Eric from Highlands. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Kara and Steve Murphy as much as I have. The Murphys have long written for a magazine, Every Thought Captive, and I'm thrilled that we're getting to hear even more from them as they seek to apply scripture to their everyday lives. The Murphys are just a part of the community of believers that make up the teaching at Highlands. We are adding new voices all the time as we seek to learn from each other about what God would have us to be and how he would have us to live. You can find this podcast and all our other resources on our website at highlandsministriesonline.org. I value your feedback. You are who we are here for. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at info at highlandsministriesonline.org. 